Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're launching another show from the venue of ASI in Houston, Texas. It is 2017, the month of August, and we've been talking with people who are making a difference in Indian country and around the world. My guest across from me is in that category as well, no surprise. His name is Rich Sutton. Rich is the president of Laurel Brook Academy. Rich, it's great to have you with us. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to be in Houston. Rich, uh, you're associated with an institution that actually has a long history with my family. I think you realize that. I do. I love your family. Well, I, pr- I appreciate that. Uh, for those of my listeners who are saying, well, what is this connection? Where is Laurel Brook Academy? First of all, tell us a little bit about where you're located and what this academy does. Laurel Brook is located right on top of a mountain. It's gorgeous views, and we're located in Dayton, Tennessee. And... Uh, the, the ideal part about Laurel Brook is that we're very rural. We're out in the country, and but we're close to town. You can get there within 20 minutes, but uh, you wouldn't notice it from our – we have no cell phone coverage. You know, it's, it's rural. Uh-huh. And, uh, but we have 1,700 acres on top of that mountain called for our, for our academy and our school. Well, it is a beautiful location. I've been there a number of times. And uh, my story, or at least my family's – my extended family's story – is it, many of them were just like you. If you've never heard of Laurel Brook Academy before, uh, my wife's family had never heard of the institution. And uh, when her brothers were coming to the age of uh, going to high school, they were looking at high school options in South Dakota, where my wife was raised. And at that time, it didn't seem like there were any really good options. They heard about this school, this boarding high school. Now, boarding schools, kind of bad rap in Indian country, but this was a boarding school that uh, didn't force people to be there, actually only took students who wanted to be there mm-hmm. and families that wanted to be there. And uh, my wife's brothers went there. They were a bit older than her. She ended up going there, uh, and that's uh, what helped cultivate her vision of uh, becoming a physician, gave her a good, uh, solid high school training. Then she went on to college and medical school. So uh, her brothers have pretty much never left the school they got their, there yeah they got their high school training there i know they did some college work at one of the nearby colleges but they're still on the staff aren't they and they're good workers you know and we, we won't date uh, my wife or, or myself by how long ago that was how long they've been there but the, the bottom line is you've been doing this for a long time no i haven't i have uh, just been at laurel brook for three years going on my fourth year and uh it's changed me also to be on top of that mountain. I'm used to building churches in Mexico and, and all over. Okay. And so when I came to Laura Brook, it, it's like out, out a, a whole different scheme. Mm. Uh, the school is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you go to school for four hours, and then you have a vocational training for four hours. Okay. So we teach trades. I mean, welding and, and auto body. Um, we have a nursing home, so it's CNAs and it's culinary. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful program. I wish I'd have known this for my kids. I didn't have a clue that a school like this really existed. So Laurel Brook has been around for how long? 1950 it started. Wow, since 1950. 
So trying to do the math quickly, you're coming up on nearly 70 years, huh? It's, it's been a long time. Now, I don't know exactly how long the academy has existed, but the, the buildings, and that's when they started was 1950. Okay. So you're a newcomer. I am. In terms of uh, that long history, but you're carrying on a legacy of work and study. Yes, we are. And, you know, over the years, different uh, administrators come and go. And so the vision gets changed, mm-hmm. gets muted, if you want to say, a little bit. Hmm. And so um, because of my background in building churches and, and uh, the foreign countries that I've been to, mm-hmm. it, it brings that flavor right back to, hmm. uh, to Laura Brooks. So, again, I'm a tradesperson. I'm a builder. I'm a mechanic. I, I you know, I uh, rebuild cars, if you want okay, to say. Okay. And I do it all. So. So you fit right into that uh, historical culture there at that institution. Yes, yes. So a lot of people, when I have guests from, you know, here at ASI, it's not as seamless a connection, uh, for example, as when I'm at the National Congress of American Indians. You know, people say, well, that's okay. That's Indian country at its heart. You're talking with tribal leaders. But here we're at at a conference that's bringing people from all over the world, especially people that are interested in service. And... You're really interested not only in serving the youth who come as students, but you're trying to give youth kind of a, a service outlook on life. That's correct. And teaching them trades, teaching mm-hmm. them to work with their hands and their minds, but to work both. And we're finding that today. That, that's a lost art, and it's coming back. They're finding that it's, you're, you're a healthier person as you work with your, your hands and your mind together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're finding that at Laurel Brook. Once again, these kids are coming into that mindset. They want to work and, and to develop for, for service. Now, people are listening right now to the show, and some might be saying, wow, I wonder if this is uh, something that would be good for, for my student, uh, my grandchild, my son, my daughter, another uh, tribal member. Are you open to people from any background, any faith walk, or is this uh, just a very kind of narrow uh, pattern of who you're willing to accept at Laurel Brook? No, we're very open. Um, we we have kids from from all over. Last year, 17 different countries. Really? That's a lot of countries, you know, that we're represented. And it's a small high school. Yes, we only have 40, 45 kids. Really? And so to have so you can tell that our population is is better uh, than half with uh, foreign students. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they bring a rich culture to our school mm-hmm. um, and uh, diverse backgrounds, too. You know, So it's, it's a lot of fun to be able to work with all these ethnic groups, if you'd like to say. So basically, someone from any background is going to say, you know what, um, I'm just like everyone else. We're all kind of out of our indigenous roots, at least many of them. Some you may have from the local states of Tennessee and Georgia, Florida, places like that, I'm assuming. We do. Um, But I find the culture from uh, from, uh, Mexico or from Germany, we're trying to stay away from the media type of uh, of education so much, Uh where you come with your cell phones and you come with your Facebooks and all these things. We do have that, but we limit it. I'm just Mm -hmm. being upfront and honest. Okay, okay. We would rather not have that kind of culture. Hmm. We would rather have it be a a more of a rural, where you like the country setting, and uh, that you can get get back to nature and and enjoy the the surroundings around Mm -hmm. us. So coming back to my question to my listeners, they're asking... Why do I have Laurel Brook School featured? And I'm just going to be upfront. There's several things that I, that I think 
you, Rich, and Laurel Brook speak to Indian country about. First of all, what I hear you saying is, you know what? We're looking around ourselves at how we're educating our students, and we're saying a lot of these traditional values, whether they're traditional values in Indian country or in other cultures, working with our hands, uh, being self-sufficient, caring for yourself and other people, We've, we've kind of lost that in the shuffle. We have. And uh, you're trying to say we can recapture that. Yes. This, to me, is an example of what can be done in any community. A tribally owned school could do this. The trades may be a little bit different. Maybe they're going to be doing some indigenous trades. Maybe they're from a tribe that does a lot of weaving or uh, beadwork or maybe they're uh, – very involved with stonework or other other trades. Maybe they're a uh, a coastal tribe, uh, very tied to uh, to the to the sea. But my whole point is, this is the same kind of vision that you're casting for students, right? It is, and I'm getting calls from Norway, Canada, Mexico. Rich, can't you start a school like Lorbrook here? Wow! And we are training staff, uh-huh. and I'm training my students to be able to replicate Laurabrook wherever mm-hmm. we go. So, yes, I am saying that to you. We can do this. Now, let me ask you a question. You said you're training students. Let's say a student goes through Laurelbrook, and uh, maybe they have Native American roots. Maybe they have an interest in Indian country. Are you telling me that even with a high school education, they would have something to offer if they went back to a tribal nation? Oh, you know it. You know, because... Of the trades that we teach, welding, mm-hmm. body work, okay. you know, culinary, mm-hmm. um, CNA, mm-hmm. you know, all these trades, yes, they're needed everywhere. It's not a culture thing. It's it's being able to train our young people to be able to do something with their hands, that they can able to, to have a trade, that they are not dependent on, on government money anymore. Mm. You can learn these trades and be independent. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our kids, when they graduate, I tell them, you don't have to pay anything for college. You can earn your own way through college. And mm. they're doing it. I have five kids. Okay. And all five of my kids graduated from universities cash. And that, mm. now that we're talking some big ones, the only one that didn't is my son-in-law. He went to Loma Linda. Okay. I couldn't get that one cash. That was 90000 a, a year. Okay. But all the rest of my, you know, Southern and Andrews and all the different colleges, they didn't know a debt. So they paid their way through school by yes. working with the skills they learned yes. in, in, in high school. And so I, I'm doing that same thing with our kids today. If they want to learn the trades, there's uh-huh. some that would rather have dad pay. That's okay. Okay. But, you know, to me, my dad isn't paying. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these young people are saying, no, I'm going to do it. And they're doing it by the trades that we're teaching at Laura Brook. I mean, this is an exciting vision. So if you're a parent or a grandparent, and uh, I, I know in many places in Indian country, I mean, you, there's some great tribes that have great benefits for their kids. I'm thinking of one tribe right now that I've worked with and you know if they've got a student gets into college they'll pay their way they get into graduate school they'll pay their way I mean there are some tribes that have been um, very fortunate um, blessed over the last uh, you know decade or two and and can do that there are other tribes that uh, that don't have that opportunity but you're casting a vision where you're saying whether it's federal assistance whether it's tribal assistance uh that doesn't have to be the only factor in the no, equation. No. You can actually pay your own way through a school of your choosing if you learn a trade. Yes, yes. We have a school in Belize that uh, 
we're working with an orphanage. Well, when the kids get older, they get 18, 19, and they're out of the orphanage. Now what do you do? Mm. Well, we need to teach them trades so they can go on with life and not be a burden on society. And we're doing that. Now, Belize is in Central America, correct? Yes, that's correct. And so you have a special relationship with a number of schools and institutions throughout the world. Is that safe to say? Yes, it is safe to say. Um, I know that one of the things that we've got planned for this show is we're not just going to be talking about Laurel Brook and what you do. You've actually got some students who are here at this venue, and we're going to be talking with them as well as some of the staff. Is that true? And and it's going to be fun. Yes, you're going to see real-life people, real-life situations, and uh, what's actually taking place. This is not um, a pie in the sky that I'm talking about. These we'll be, t- we'll be talking about real life experiences. This is great. Before we go into those segments where we interview actual students and staff and give people a flavor for, for what can happen and what is happening at Laurelbrook, I'm sure there are people who are hearing about the school for the first time. You've already painted a picture for us, Dayton, Tennessee, so... If someone's coming from out of the area, they're probably flying into maybe Chattanooga or Nashville or Knoxville, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, is there reliable bus service to Dayton? It's, it's better than that. We come huh? and pick you up. Oh, really? Yes. Well, uh, preferably Chattanooga, but we have gone to Nashville. We go to Knoxville. Okay. And we will pick you up and from one of those three cities. Okay. So basically... Get into uh, Tennessee somehow. Somehow. We'll get you. Maybe not Memphis. That might be a little bit too far. That's a little too far. One of those three. Nashville, Knoxville, or preferably Chattanooga. (laughs) Okay. And uh, and you'll make sure they get onto the campus there. Tell us how someone could learn more about Laurel Brook Academy. We have a a website, of course, of laurelbrook.org. And then we have my email, uh, president at laurelbrook.org, my phone number, uh, my cell phone, which doesn't work on the mountain, but it does off the mountain, is 231-878-3265. Very good. Well, we're going to be talking more with uh, Rich Sutton and his team at Laurelbrook Academy. If you didn't get that information, we're speaking about Laurelbrook, L-A-U-R-E-L, Brook Academy. It's uh, simply laurelbrook.org. And if you're wanting to reach uh, Rich, he's the president. So it's president at laurelbrook.org. O-R-G. He's also been kind enough to give us uh, his cell number. If you're trying to reach him personally, that number is area code 231-878-3265. You're going to get more of a feel for what can happen with a practical education, whether it's in the heart of Indian country or outside it. We've got more to come on today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. DeRose. We will be back with more exciting stories that can make a difference in your own life. Don't go away. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. 
Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Dr. David DeRose back with a special show from ASI in Houston, Texas. We're speaking with folks representing Laurel Brook Academy. They're casting a vision that is relevant throughout Indian country and beyond, and that is helping students, high school students, reconnect with uh, really the values of their forefathers, working, learning trades, doing practical things, not just getting some kind of academic education. Many educators tell us that uh, in Indian country, students actually do best with that type of learning, the more hands-on learning. And uh, we've got a case study. I hate to to use that uh, analogy, but we actually have a Laurel Brooks student right here with us. Tell us your name. Sarah. Sarah, your last name is? Carpenter. Sarah Carpenter. And uh, you're a student who's come all the way from, uh, is it New York State? Yep, all the way from the great state of New York. All the way down to Laurelbrook Academy. How long a trip is that? It usually ends up being about 20 hours driving. Wow, so so that's typically how you get there, Mm -hmm. make the drive, 20 hours. What was it that inspired you to go down to Laurelbrook Academy? We're looking for a good school, an Adventist school that we could work in the missions, and have that time to help others. Okay. So, Rich, you're sitting here still with us. You know, we were talking about this value of work, study, and service, and Sarah is talking about the roots of Laurelbrook. It grew out of uh, a Seventh-day Adventist worldview, didn't it? It did, yes. And uh, why is it so important to Seventh-day Adventists to combine work and study and practical things? We find with young people that if we can engage them in that work-study program, um, they stay more active. They stay more uh, active in the church, and it becomes part of them to be able to be one of those missionaries, if you want to say, that's helping spread that gospel. 
So folks listening now, they're saying, well, I mean, this seems a little bit different. You know, we started talking about a work-study school. This all sounded good. Now we're talking about a Christian school. Some people may say that's wonderful. Other people in Indian country don't have the warmest feelings for Christianity. But you're talking about values that transcend any specific religion because you're talking about giving back, making a difference. Sarah, what has your training at Laurel Brook done for you? Because you've been there for how long now? For a little, almost a year. Almost yeah. a year. But you're approaching your senior year, is that right? Exactly. So tell us what the Laurel Brook training has done for you. It's done a lot of different things. I've learned how to run a kitchen, a commercial kitchen wow. in our nursing home. Uh-huh. And they've trained me to get my certification as a nurse's aide. I can go into any facility and just switching my license, I can go and I can work. It's not an opportunity I'd have anywhere else, really. Wow. So you, you've gotten some practical skills. Yes, I have. Where you can go right back home or to anywhere, right, and use those skills. Yeah. And there's been some smaller skills like working on a farm. Um, there's institutional cleaning, learning how to clean facilities. Mm-hmm. It prepares you so you can go into the world and you can do many different jobs. So, Rich, Sarah mentioned a farm. You actually have a working farm there at Laurel Brook? We do. We do. And we grow the things, and we actually use them in the nursing home and in the school. So, basically, this is uh, an unusual school environment. Most people, if you say school, they're not thinking a nursing home, a commercial kitchen, a farm. No. And like you said, 1,700 acres. I got that right? You do. And one of Sarah's favorite jobs isn't what she's mentioned yet. She loves haying, you know, driving the tractor. We put up hay. I throw the bales on the back of the wagon. You know, I'm the president of Lowerbrook, and I throw bales on the wagon as she's driving. Now, it seems like it should be the other way around. Is this a true characterization of what's going on? Usually. We have all the staff and students involved, anybody who's willing, we throw bales. One of my favorites is to rake the hay into the windrows. And we've got everybody involved. So you really like that work? I love it. So why do you like that so much? It's just something about being out there in nature, getting to work with your hands and your mind. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So really, um, are you paying her some, giving her some <laughs> off her tuition to say stuff like this? No, I, I wish, you know, but no, she really enjoys Laura. Well, I see her smile. I mean, you can't hear it necessarily on the radio show, but I can see that Sarah, you know, she's talking about this. She really is enjoying her experience there at Laurel Brook. Sarah, we've been talking not about just what Laurel Brook offers, and, and we've heard what you said, and that there's a special interest at Laurel Brook in training Christian students who want to serve people from a Christian perspective. But I'm going to ask you a big question, Rich. Um, how about if someone's listening to the show right now, they don't even like Christians, but they like what they're hearing about this work-study idea. They don't know any other place to go, and they're saying, boy, we need, we need kids back on our tribe who have some of these skills. We don't have an option right here. We don't have our, our, a tribal school, maybe a small tribe. Would you take someone like that, or would you say, listen, if you know it's a Christian school, you won't really fit in? What, what would you say? Do you have value system? Do you have something that you really believe in? Hmm. Are you an honest individual? Mm-hmm. You know, that, those are the traits 
that we're looking for and developing those type of traits. Mm -hmm. And so my answer is yes, because we believe that we are that school that can develop you into that good person that wants to do that will. That's tremendous. Sarah, I know that Laurel Brook is doing all kinds of work right there on those 1,700 acres. You've shared about your experience there. But I gathered off air when, when Rich and I were speaking that um, you actually don't limit your activities and your training to things that are close by. You do some things in foreign countries. Actually, this past March, we got to go to Cuba to do some evangelism, health expos, and we even did, we got down in the dirt and we helped clear a field for them in Cuba. Okay, so now let's let's make this all real practical. Clearing a field, uh, what does that mean? Well, we were hauling away huge piles of scrap metal and dead leaves and helping clear out. We were working on stumps too? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. So the deal was they were trying to farm an area or build something, and you guys were the manual labor? What, what <laughs> it was, really was. Is that what the deal yeah. was? They, they did have a tractor, and uh-huh. they loaded it up with our debris. I don't know how many loads we hauled out. They had purchased a, a lot okay. that uh, needed cleaned. It was next to the seminary, uh-huh. and uh, we took it on. I think it was about two acres, Sarah, would you say? probably about two acres. I mean, that's a lot of work, and, uh-huh. uh, but it looked great when we were done. So it looked great, but you guys probably felt like slave labor. Is that how it was? It was a blessing just to go and be able to help them. Really? They didn't say if you didn't talk nicely on the radio, you couldn't come back or we double your tuition or anything like that? No, just the joy of being able to help others really affects you. It makes you happier to just do things like moving rocks and avoiding scorpions. Okay. Now, how old are you, Sarah? 17. 17. I mean, it's pretty inspiring, isn't it? It is. So you're inspired by these kids, aren't I you? I am. It keeps me young. So you guys were in Cuba. You cleared a field, but you said there was more to it. You were doing health expos. What's that all about? Well, the theme for our health expo was the seven laws of health. Okay. And we had nutrition, exercise, water, sunshine, temperance, air, rest, and trust in God. Okay. And so we had seven different stations where we would touch on each of those topics. Uh-huh. My station was rest, and we did massage therapy for anybody who would come. Well, who did the massages? Well, the first day we had a professional doing it, but then I got to do it with another staff member who went on the mission trip. So you got some training on the job training? Is that Just the deal? Just a little bit. You learned enough to give a halfway decent massage? Yeah. Or did the people complain? They said, do you know what you're doing, or did they like what your massages were like? They were just like, oh, that feels so amazing. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that was in Spanish, were they saying that? Yeah, I had to have a translator. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> so uh, you do this health expo. You clear fields, but then we are speaking about this Christian element of mission, and you said you did evangelism is that the the word you used there was an evangelism series and a vbs which is a vacation bible school and that's what i worked in so tell us about a vacation bible school what is that all about well our theme was creation Mm -hmm. and i didn't work with the bigger kids but i worked with the little kids and um what we did was we just sang a lot of songs got them Mm -hmm. active doing singing about jesus and about creation different things like that And really, we were helping the parents be able to go to the evangelism meetings Mm -hmm. so they didn't have to worry about their little kids being taken care of. Okay, so 
you were focusing on a creator, that there's someone yeah. that, that loves you and cares for you. How did the kids respond? Did they like the meetings? They definitely liked it. I had a little boy who, he had some struggles, but um, by the end of the meetings, he cried when he had to leave because he just enjoyed it so much. He enjoyed okay. the, spending the time with us. And how did you guys like it as students working with the kids? I think all the students loved it. Uh -huh. It's great to just connect with those little ones. Tremendous. Well, our time is slipping away, and I think we could probably connect the dots, and the evangelism was teaching people about the good news, about the Bible and Jesus. Is that fair enough to say? Yeah. we got to step away. I know you got some other people in the wings, Rich. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Okay, before you run, and before you run, if you're listening, we want to encourage you to stay by. You're listening to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose, and we will be back with more on today's edition of the show, we're talking with people whose lives have been changed, lives have been impacted by a practical education. Hopefully this is uh, connecting some dots as you're looking at training your own students, your own youth, wherever you're at. We'll be back with more on today's edition of American Indian Living. Don't go away. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke. Sudden weakness on one side or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So, whether it's around your neighborhood... Or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673.
Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to our second half of today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're in Houston, Texas. It's a busy place. We're in the convention center here. A lot of activity around us, people who are trying to make a difference all over the world, in Indian country, and far beyond. We've been talking with people in this show from Laurel Brook Academy. Still across from me is Rich Sutton. He's the president of Laurel Brook, if you haven't been with us from the top of the hour. And, Rich, we've got a new guest in our virtual studio here as well. Who is the uh, the new guest? This is our senior. She's Lolly. She's from the great land of Mexico. From Mexico. Yes. So, Sitlali, we just had Sarah Carpenter on the show, and she told us that she journeyed some 20 hours from New York State to come to Laurel Brook. How long a trip is it for you to get to Laurel Brook? If you are driving, it takes five days. Five days? Yes. Five days. Without a stop. <laughs> Without stopping? Yes. Because I come from the south, so uh-huh. it's very far to Tennessee. Wow. So how would someone living in the south of Mexico hear about a school in Tennessee? How is living? How did you hear about it? Oh, well, I had a friend that was a student from Laredbrook about two years ago. Mm-hmm. So he told us about Laredbrook and about all the program and how he learned to speak English and how they taught him how to work. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Now, so this is interesting, Rich, mm-hmm. because a lot of students, if uh, someone told them you can go to a school with, where they'll put you to work and teach you to work, I think most of them would say, this is not for me. <laughs> Why was that interesting to you, Sitlali? Why were you wanting to learn to work? Yes. First, uh, the first goal was the language, learn English, how okay. to speak English. Yeah, but my father told me something. Like, in the Adventist program, we have something special. I was a student from... My last school was Adventist, too. And so he said, a student in Larbrook, a student in another country, far from Mexico, that would be a great idea and a great experience. Uh And so he said, you need to try something different. If you go there, don't focus just in the language or... Focus on all the stuff that you have around your your environment. So all the things that you can learn about the country, about the people that is there, and you can apply everything to your country, Mexico. Mm -hmm. And so it was great because when I was working in the farm, Mm -hmm. for example, uh, in Mexico we have, I didn't have any idea how to work like in the farm. Uh And then I started knowing new stuff. That I didn't know before. And so in Mexico, we have ways, different ways to work in, in a farm. Uh-huh. So it was interesting. And then in a, in the CNA class, when I was taking my CNA class, um, there are some stuff too that we didn't know before. And I was like, oh, wow. And we are doing this in a different way in Mexico. And here in the United States, I think like something is different and uh-huh. are stuff that are better. Huh, interesting. So so basically what I hear Sitlali saying, Rich, is she came with this attitude, things are going to be very different, mm-hmm. but this cross-cultural experience is going to enrich me and I'll learn things. Is this a common sentiment you it hear from is, other students? It is. It's fun to watch. These guys come from these countries and they're eager to, mm-hmm. to learn. They're like a sponge and they just soak up and they love the language. 
Mm. Uh, some more than others. Some of them we gotta. We're, we're very strict. No Spanish. You know, they yeah. gotta speak English okay. because we want them to be able to, in a short time, be able to communicate. Uh-huh. And, and she has done well. But to take those skills, those those tasks that uh, that they do in Mexico, but to learn different ways, you know, and to bring that back to your to your country, uh, is, is tremendous. So you know, as I'm as I'm listening to this story, I see some very encouraging applications in Indian country. And then I, I hear some things where I'm trying to be sensitive to my listeners. Some of them were forced to go to boarding schools, and uh, they weren't allowed to speak their indigenous language. The motivation was very different. Okay. They were trying to obliterate native culture. That isn't your goal no, as far no. as uh, what you're doing at Laurel Brook. You're not saying Spanish is bad and... Uh, you, you don't we actually teach Spanish. Okay, know, okay. So. But you're also trying to help them master the English language. Yes. So, so I, I can see the difference in emphasis. Sid Lally, let me come back to you because there's a lot of people that listen to the show. Some of them, they say, I mean, this is really admirable. Here's a school trying to teach Christian values. Others say, you know, I'm not a Christian, uh, Christians did, people that called themselves Christians at least, did some pretty nasty things in Indian country. They don't have a real good feeling when they hear about Christianity. And uh, I, under, I understand what I would say would be that you know misrepresentation of Christianity and how it still angers people to this day. Uh, it angers me too, and I consider myself a Christian. But here's, the, here's where I'm going with this, Sit Lally. There are people listening to the show who may never send their students to Laurel Brook, but they may have tribal schools. They, the, the tribe may have their own school system if it's a larger tribe. Is there something that you would like to encourage people in education when they're educating high school students to, to make a priority based on your experience? What do you think is important, in other words, for a high school student to receive? Yeah, I think when I came to Larabrook um, was very hard first uh-huh. the language but one of the things that really support me when I start all this uh, was my relationship with God hmm. the way how they helped you how they support you or how they introduced you God hmm. yeah because being very far is like you know that you have a friend and may your, maybe your parents are no uh, beside you, mm-hmm. but you know, like they pray, connect you, and they are praying in another place in the world. Mm. And so, being there, I think one of the most important things that they can teach you is how how to, how to have a good relationship or have a good friend. And God is our only friend. That is, that is such an interesting observation, mm-hmm. especially from someone who is. Uh, is it safe to say you've not yet had your 20th birthday, or have you? No. <laughs> How old are you? 18. So you're 18, and you're in an experience where you're not speaking your native language, you're not around people that you grew up with, right? Was there no. anyone that you knew at Laurel Brook when mm-hmm. you arrived? So this is, this is an experience that I know a lot of native students relate to, too, because they'll go away to university or to college uh, or to a boarding academy. I mean, there are still some well-run boarding academies where native students are not forced to go and they'll show up there and they're really lonely and what I hear Sitlali saying is one of the things that Laurel Brook has helped her to realize is she has a loving creator there is a God 
who's there and uh, there to help you through the difficulties. Am I hearing you right? Yeah. So you're saying, well, if you consider Laurel Brook, realize that they're going to try to give you a connection with a higher power that can help you while you're going through your, your school. Rich, Sit Lolly is an example of someone who's come from a foreign country. Sarah, someone who's come to Laurel Brook from the United States. You told us there were some 17 different countries represented at Laurel Brook. Is that true? Mm-hmm. That was last year. And uh, so we've got Mexico represented here with Sit Lolly. Offhand, what other countries are I have there? another young man from Germany. If you wanted to talk to him, he's ready, you know. Okay. And uh, it, it's, it's just like Costa Rica. Um, and a lot of them from South American countries, okay. you know, that, uh, that have come. Um, it, they come from, for all different reasons, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't, and they come, how did they hear about me? You know, that's the, right, the funniest right. thing. I, I don't advertise in those countries. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Korea, they would come. Really, uh, from Asian countries too? Yes, yes. And wow. So, Bur- Burma? Burma? How, how did they come from Burma? <laughs> you know, okay. so they're, they're coming from, and they're just hearing. They're coming and tasting and seeing that God is good. And so we can only accept so many students. Uh-huh. Our dorm isn't very large. And, uh, and it keeps us humble and small. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're trying to be faithful. Trying to be faithful to Sit Lolly mm-hmm. when she comes. That uh, when she leaves here, she'll know trades. She'll be able to speak the language. Mm-hmm. But, and like you said earlier, I want her to be able to experience God in a special way. Hmm. So Sit Lolly... Are your plans to continue your education in the United States? Do you plan to go back to Mexico, or is it too soon to say? you got, what, one more year ahead of you? Yes. So do you know where the, what the future holds for you? No, yet. Uh, it's a really big decision right now for me to stay here or go to Mexico. Uh-huh. Because my mind right now is like, go and help my country. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I would like to stay here like to learn more, because uh-huh. I think that there are some stuff that are new for me and I need to learn before I leave. But right now I am asking God because I don't know really where he wants me to go. Uh-huh. So, okay. Yeah. Did you go on the same mission trip with Sarah to Cuba? Yes. So was that easier for you speaking Spanish? Yeah, and I feel comfortable because <laughs> they, they that was my own language. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So did they put you to work as a translator or what were you doing? Yes. I was working with the children. Uh-huh. I was doing BBS. Okay. So this vacation Bible school, you helped with that. Did you help clean that land too? Yeah. Now, Sarah acted like that was fun. Did you enjoy that too? Yeah, really. The most fun part uh-huh. uh, was when we went to throw away the trash. Yeah. We had a really big truck. Uh-huh. And so we emptied all the truck with trash can with trash uh-huh. and was fun really was fun and we had a good time okay I, rich what i'm inspired by is it seems obvious from the few students we've had that you're actually helping students develop a desire to enjoy working and they do yes that's that's our goal uh-huh. is that uh work is honorable it's fun uh-huh. and uh and the kids look forward to that uh that experience so with the school we, we go to academics for four hours, and we have a vocational training for four hours. Wow, wow. Well, that's an inspiring vision. So some of you who've been tuning into American Indian Living today, you heard earlier in the show where uh, Rich gave some contact information if you're interested in Laurel Brook Academy. 
But uh, it's been a while. So, Rich, I think it's time to give out that information again. If you want more information about the school per se, maybe you've got a, a student, a young person, maybe interested in a program at Laurel Brook, Rich will give you that information. But before he does, I want to tell you there's another reason why you may want to contact him. You may not be interested in the Christian element of the program, but you've been inspired by this, uh, just what's happening there, that they're inspiring students to work, to enjoy working, You're training uh, students to have practical skills, being uh, nursing assistants or running a commercial kitchen or, or working on a farm, welding, auto mechanics. Rich, would you welcome calls from people who might say, listen, we're not interested in sending our students there, but could you give us some advice on how we could make maybe our tribal school or local school more work friendly? Are you interested in that? And we are. We're not only interested, we will send task force workers to help you personally at no cost. We would really love to see these schools take place. And so we have people that are very skilled that could spend a week with you and teach you these things. Wow. Give us the contact information one more time. My cell phone number again is 231-878-3265. And then our website is laurelbrook.org. Okay, so that's laurelbrook, L-A-U-R-E-L, brook.org. And uh, Rich Sutton, the president, his cell number, 231-878-3265. we got to step away. We've got another segment coming up. Don't go away. More on today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. DeRose. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand. And someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're winding up a show featuring Laurel Brook Academy. We've been talking with the president, Rich Sutton, and then a couple of the students. And now to give us another window on the school, we've got two faculty members. Tell us about yourselves. Well, my name is Cornelio Moro. Um, I work at Laurel Brook. I'm the farm manager. And um, I'm just there uh, to help in the, the school and the school program to teach the students uh, to grow their vegetables if they want to go and live in the, in the mission field. So we're basically helping them to have a mission-minded environment so if God leads, they can um, support themselves through agriculture. Now, Cornelio, it sounds like you have a pretty thick southern accent, but it sounds like it's coming from further south than Tennessee. Is that true? Yes. I'm from Belize, Central America, and it's one of the most beautiful countries in the world. Oh, okay. So we're supposed to put that on our travel list if we haven't been there? Yes, sir. Do it. Just, it would be nice to visit. Yes. Okay. Now, who is this sitting across from you? This is my wife. Her name is Susan Morrow. We've been married for over 20 years. You're supposed to say beautiful wife. Wait. <laughs> okay. Well, he did introduce himself that way when, when I met you, but he was being a little more discreet on the radio, I think, since he figured no one could actually check out that assertion, right? <laughs> That's right. So tell us, uh, Susan, about yourself. Well, I'm a nurse. We're at Laurel Brook Academy, and we are ministering to a wide variety of different people. Um, I work at the nursing home where I basically deal with long-term care, which is the elderly. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a special ministry for me because I get to work with the elderly, but I also get to work with our students. Uh They get to minister to the elderly also and have that interaction there, and they have... Uh, opportunity to be able to serve others, and I think that's important. Now, this whole concept of ministering and service, some people listen to that, the word minister, that sounds like a very Christian term, but when you talk about service, I think people understand that you're really using those terms synonymously. Is that safe to say, or are they a little bit different? No, I think it's it's in relation to each other. Serving others is what we enjoy doing. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it really seemed from at least the two students we talked with, they've really caught that spirit. We talked with Sarah and... Um, Sitlali. Yeah, Sitlali. That's a hard name for me. <laughs> I think I had it mastered for the segment, but I was trying to recall Sitlali. That's a new name for me. Is that a common name in, in, uh, in Spanish-speaking countries? Not that I know of. Okay, okay. So the students are catching this vision of helping others, making a difference. I've got a question first for you, Cornelio. We've been hearing about this vast acreage at Laurel Brook. I've been on the property. I mentioned earlier in the show how I actually have family that are on the staff as well. And my wife went to academy there some years ago. Beautiful trails, tremendous lookouts that look out over the valley. You're on that mountain. But how much of the acreage is actually under cultivation? A large portion of the school is not, we're not doing um, agriculture. Um, but like what you mentioned before, we've, we have walking trails, we have waterfalls, you know, mm-hmm. where the students can go on, uh, on hikes and uh, enjoy nature. 
basically. But um, right now we have about six to eight acres that we're uh, doing agriculture, the okay. main garden itself. And then the school is leasing. I'm not quite sure right now how much acreage they're leasing. But that's basically what we're working I right see. Now. So, so basically, some of the farmland is being leased to other farmers, and they're farming there. Yes. And then some of the land, you actually, as a farm manager, are cultivating and using for the school and the nursery. Yes, yes, that's what I'm... Do you grow crops commercially as well? No, we're not. Okay, so it's exclusively for, for the, the campus. School. Yes. I got the picture. Susan, give us a little idea of the, the nursing home. Well... We start early, but like I said, we deal with more of the elderly, Uh and our purpose is to be able to be able to be there and help them get through the towards the end of their experience. But we also provide such an environment where our students are interactive with them, so they have Uh the young people around them, and that they are able to have that energy from the young people. You know, it's not always easy as Mm. you get older. You know, in American society. People normally have their families in nursing homes. Mm -hmm. And we're at a time where we're not always able to keep them at Mm -hmm. home like Mm -hmm. we used to be able Mm -hmm. to. And so we try to provide a loving environment for them and try to be able to care for them in the best way that we can. Wonderful, wonderful. So students are getting a practical experience, whether it's on the farm, whether it's in the, uh, the nursing home, that extended care facility there. But you know what I like about this is that mm-hmm. our students are coming and they actually are taking a course. We're giving them a certified nursing assistant course and they're working. And when they're finished working, they're able to go and work while they're going to college as a certified nurse's assistant. So we're actually enabling our students to be able to build something that they can do when they finish mm-hmm. high school. Now, one of the logical questions I'm sure a lot of people are wondering about is, we'll talk about the nursing end of things first. You're giving people this training in nursing. Do some of them actually have such a positive experience that they go on and get further training in healthcare careers? Definitely. I was one of those positive experiences. Oh, okay. I was a student there. I worked as a CNA, and then I went on to nursing school. Wow. And I used it in other areas of service. Excellent. And I'm pretty sure that is an experience that happened with your wife. You know, she that definitely was, helped cultivate her desire to go into health care. And you can find a lot of people are able to use that as an opportunity to help their family. They mm-hmm. learn many health experiences and health education to be able to help their families as well. Okay. We are um, talking about how we can make a difference in the lives of young people. And Cornelio... A lot of times people today, they say, well, there's a, a very direct career path into the healthcare field, okay, very direct career path. A lot of people, we speak about agriculture and farming, they say, wow, that same, seems like a, a lost art. It doesn't seem like there's as much opportunity. As a farm manager, do you see that topic differently? Well, um, you know, agriculture, I, to me, I think it's a blessing. Uh-huh. If you know how to work the ground, you can survive off from what you grow. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I think that agriculture is one of the main uh, objectives in going about helping uh, other people to see the, the benefits of agriculture. Your students have been impacted, and many of them, or at least some of them, go into healthcare careers. Cornelio. What kind of practical application have you heard about students on the agriculture end? Is it more just learning to work, or are there some saying, you know what, I love this, 
I want to go into farming. Have you had students like that, or is it more, you know what, I'm going to have a garden at home? You see what I'm asking? What kind of life-changing experiences happen there on the farm? We teach the students that agriculture is good, mm-hmm. and it's something beneficial to be up on the air, on sunshine. But, you know, as a student, as a young student, most of the time you don't see it as, as a need because you can get things quite easily. Uh-huh. But I think as, as time, as, as you mature, as you get older, you start realizing the things that you have, that you have learned before. So that's, I think that's when you, you put it in, into practice, uh-huh. you know. But if, if you want to go out and do uh, mission work, it comes in handy, the things that you have learned before. It's a positive way in, you know, in teaching the students. They, they learn to appreciate it eventually. You know, because it's it's a lot of work. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> the interesting thing is, my wife, after going to school at Laurel Brook, actually was an agriculture major as part of her pre med university training. Wow. So it definitely helped to cultivate that uh, desire in her, and that was not intended to be a pun. <laughs> um, our time is slipping away from us. There have been people listening to this whole show. You guys are the last guests. We're winding things up. Do you have any messages for people who may be tuning in across Indian country about the value of a practical education or what uh, could be obtained there by uh, talking with you folks at Laurelbrook? Any final thoughts? Well, I can see how it's helped our children. Mm-hmm. Um, our Both of our children are um, of the age where they're trying to define what they want to do with uh-huh. their careers and uh-huh. everything. And I know through working in agriculture, in medical work, and in construction, it's helped them to have a good establishment of have a good base. Mm-hmm. And I've always seen, you know, wherever we're at, we have struggles and challenges. And when we see that we're doing something with our hands, mm. we're able to see the fruits of our labor. It's encouraging. No, great point. Great point. Any final words, uh, Cornelio? No, uh, Laura Brook, it's a... Uh it's a multicultural school. Mm. You know, we have students coming from different places, different countries internationally, basically. And um, I can see how the students grow. If you're interested and if you're listening, it's a good opportunity for you to visit uh, the school or, you know. Great, great. we got to wind things up. Let me give that contact information one more time. If you're wanting to get more information about Laurel Brook School, it's Laurel Brook, L-A-U-R-E-L, Brook. Org. You can actually contract, uh, contact President Rich Sutton at cell number 231-878-3265. I'm Dr. DeRose. It is time to say goodbye. Hopefully we've uh, cultivated more in you some of those traditional values, getting back close to the land, making a difference, working with your hands, getting our young people excited about work. Hopefully it's done it all. And hopefully, as always, today's show has helped you to enjoy the very best of health. I'm Dr. David DeRose, thanking you for joining us once again on American Indian Living. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.